what else could get this group of people together on a Sunday morning if it's not Jesus? Amen? Is there a club that we would all be a part of? Is there anything else that we would do where we would all get up and say, hey, let's all go do that together on Sunday morning? No. But it is all about the Word, and that's what church is about. It's about discipleship. And we believe very strongly in discipleship at West Houston. I got saved in this church. It'll be 30 years ago in February. And I'm a product of this church. Uh, I'm not just in this church because my parents founded it 30 years ago. Uh, I was lost, and I got found, and I got, I got wonderfully and beautifully born again in February. And like I said, that'll be in 30 years. But when I got saved, uh, I, my parents didn't just, just leave it at that. They didn't just say, okay, you're saved. That's the end of the road. No, that was the beginning of the road. And uh, I got discipled, and I went through some discipleship courses, and I came to West Houston. I'm a product of West Houston Christian Center. I got saved here. I got discipled here. I had some very, very key things happen in my life in this church where I got words about where I was supposed to go and Bible school and all those types of things. Amen? So it's important where we're planted. It's very, very, very important where we're planted one of our main charges, Pastor Michelle and myself, is preaching and teaching on faith. Amen. We believe that faith is the key to any and everything when it comes to the Lord. Whatever it is that you're dealing with right now, if we have faith in that area, you're going to receive everything that the Word has to say for you. If you need healing in your body, we have faith to believe that God is the healer today, that He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? If you're dealing with a financial issue, we believe that there's faith in this room, that there's Scripture that backs up that God wants you to prosper. Amen? If you need help with your marriage, we believe that there's Word in the Bible. If you'll believe believe, if you'll do what the Word says. See, a lot of times while we don't see the breakthrough that we're believing for in specific areas, specifically when it comes to faith, it's because we're not exercising our faith in that area. I can confess it. I can say it. I can write it down. If you walk up to me, I can have 20 confessions of what the Word says. But if I'm not actually exercising faith in an area... Well, Pastor Jack, what does that mean to exercise my faith? Has anybody ever been to the gym before? Does looking at the leg press make your legs any bigger? Does confessing the leg press make your legs any bigger? Amen. Do writing down the instructions of the leg press, does that make your, leg, does that make your legs any bigger? What do I have to do in order for that leg press to prosper me? Come on, we're all rocket surgeons in here this morning, right? What do I have to do? I have to put my behind in the seat of the leg press. I have to put weights on the leg press. I have to begin to exercise my legs on the leg press. And guess what? No one has ever gone in and put 500 pounds on the leg press the first day. We all start the same. The sled itself weighs about 55 pounds, so sometimes just exercising with the leg press, I'm going to start getting this wonderful thing called resistance. It is resistance that will produce the muscle that we all need. Do you know if you want to lose weight that lifting weights is one of the best ways to do it? 
that the more lean muscle mass you put on your body, that muscle has to eat. And guess what it likes to eat? Fat. So exercising is a great way for weight loss, but it's never going to prosper me. It's never going to produce the experience that I want just by no more than me just coming to church is going to change my life. No more than just going to the hospital is going to make me better. No more than just going to prison is ever going to change somebody. Just going somewhere is not going to produce the change that we need. I'm going to have to exercise in order for it to work for me. Amen? Now, I need to believe in what I'm doing. And if I'm getting conflicting reports about what works and what doesn't work, if I'm spending half my time with people that tell me, yes, Jack, that leg press works, and the other half of my time telling me, no, Jack, the leg press is never going to work, where am I going to be? I'm going to be caught between two opinions. Does it work or it doesn't work? And a lot of times, people in our Christian life, we're spending too much time with other people telling us why it won't work. And we need to get back to the basics of the Word and get back to the simple truth that the Word always works. And when I apply the Word in faith, the Word will always produce what it says it will. But if I'm caught between two opinions, sometimes God heals and sometimes He doesn't, that's not true. God always heals. The problem sometimes is we don't look at... See, when the Bible says you'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Do you ever think about that word recover? I believe that when we lay hands on somebody and when there is a healing that takes place, healing always begins. But that recovery can be a process. I have to believe that I'm already healed. But God goes to the root of what the issue is. But if that root has caused massive destruction in my body and other areas, it's going to take a process for me to recover, to get back to that place of where I originally was. See, we always want instant and immediate. And when the gifts of healing are in operation, that happens. Jesus laid hands on people, and guess what? They were immediately healed and delivered. I have been in those services. Has anybody, I have been healed instantly. Anybody else? Have you ever been in a situation? I was in Africa and we were doing missions work, and I was in Kasumu, and I was in Lake Victoria, and we were up on the mountains. And these people poured out their lives for us in Africa. The goat that we walked past in the morning was the dinner that we came back to that evening. These people gave us their best. They said, these people came from America. We're going to bless you. I ate, I ate stuff. I couldn't begin to tell you what I ate in Africa. But I got to be real honest with you. My Houston, Texas gut was not used to some of the foods that I ate. And because I wanted to honor these people, they put out their best for me. You don't think I'm not going to eat that? Bless God. Now, maybe I didn't use my faith, but I just started eating. 
And about 20 or 30 minutes later, some things started to happen. I started turning colors. I started turning green. The color was leaving my face. Other fluids were wanting to leave my body at a high rate. And this little pastor in Kenya, he had a a teenage ninja mutant turtle backpack that he carried his Bible and stuff in. Because we would go minister from hut to hut. He was a simple young man. He was from Kenya. And he would take us out and we would break up and we would go house to house. And we would come to a hut and the people would come out front. And they were so honorable. They were so thrilled that somebody would come to their nation. They were so honored that we would even come. And they would all, they would bring their children and they would stand out front. And they would bow their heads and they would just whatever you could say to them. They were so thankful for the word of God. And we would preach for a few minutes and I would have an interpreter and we would share with them the the love of God and the peace of God and the blessing of God. Amen. They were so honored and so happy. And they had this little church, this little hut where they would have church. And these people, they would come running around six o'clock. You would start hearing this sound. And there was this commotion and people were going from hut to hut and they were excited because we were going to church that night and they were going to hear the word of God. And this little pastor, as I'm turning green, as I'm about to pass out, he simply lays his hands on me and he says, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And I was instantly healed. No, no Montezuma's revenge. You know, it's one thing to be sick in your bathroom. It's another thing to be sick in another country where there is no bathroom. There's a whole different dynamic of thoughts that enter in. I mean, it could have been not just bad. It could have been bad. But I was healed instantly. I was in the hospital when I was in high school, and I all of a sudden developed a kidney disease. Never had been in my family before. It was nephritis. I started swelling up all over. And pastors came into my room and they lay hands on me and I was instantly healed. There are times in our lives when the gifts of healing are in operation and we are instantly healed. Come on, somebody. But there are other times when our healing is a process. And I cannot get mad at God because sometimes it's a process. Now, let's be real open and honest this morning. If we always got healed immediately, would I ever develop any faith in that area? It is in that process sometimes, like what Mike was saying, when you're going to look at me, there is going to be a time in your life and in your faith when you are going to be looking the devil in the eyes. It's just going to be you and him. And it's in that moment when no one else is around, when you feel your absolute worst, when you feel alone and abandoned, when no one else is around you, that you're going to have to rise up in faith and say, it is written. He's going to have to say, it is written. Because Satan didn't wait on Jesus' first day of his 40-day fast to show up. 
He stood there and he watched. One day, two days, three days, five days, 10 days, 20 days, 30 days. I think at some point Jesus was getting hungry. Don't you? How do we know that? Because what's the first thing Satan tempted him with? Food. There is going to come a point in your faith walk, in your faith life, where you're going to have to say, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And there are many instances where people died in faith. Sounds like an oxymoron, doesn't it? There's no other way that you want to die but in faith. What's the worst thing that's going to happen? I was believing God and I woke up in heaven. Hello? Is that so bad? Is that okay? See, we give death all of this power as if it's some sort of a finality. For the believer, it's just another step. I'm going to spend eternity with God in heaven. What's wrong with that? Now, when a child goes or somebody goes and it's too young, absolutely, man, we are stepping in. We're believing God. We're raising from the dead. My wife has faith to raise people from the dead. She has that kind of faith. That's called the gift of faith, and it's one of the gifts of the Spirit. We've been studying those. We've been watching on Tuesday night. My wife, on more than one occasion, was like, let's go. Where are we going? We're going to go raise them from the dead. We are? Do you think I can wait in the car while you go do this? Oh, man of great faith and power? She has that kind of faith. But I think we have to be real with ourselves this morning about what do we really believe? We get to believe God under the very best of circumstances. We're in this beautiful air-conditioned church. We can come late. It's okay. There's no penalty. How many of you have already thought about what you're going to have for lunch? I mean, really, we, we got it good. There's no one with guns that are going to come in here and arrest us for our faith. These are the best of circumstances. I'm in a country that for now, there's an amendment that protects my right for free speech and for religion. Now, it's protected now. I don't know how much longer. Listen to me, folks. When we get to heaven, we, there's, what excuse are we going to be able to give God for why we didn't do what he called us to do? What stops us? us. If I can say anything about the United States of America, we're the most distracted nation on the face of the earth. We are so distracted. There are things that are coming at us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We are constantly inundated with new information. Can we, we're, just, we're just talking this morning. Is that okay? We're just talking this morning. But if you're spending 14, 20 hours a week watching cable network news, I'm going to have a hard time teaching or preaching any faith to you on a Sunday morning. That's going to do you any good because you're already being conditioned for 20 hours in another direction. 
we've given things too much power and too much fear. We're too fearful of things because that's all we're hearing. Let's use COVID for, for, for a reason. Is COVID real? Yeah. I know people. My neighbor, my neighbor walked across the street to me and was like, Jack, my mom died. She was in a nursing home. She got COVID and she died. What do I tell that man? Well, that's not real and it's a conspiracy and mask and all that. No, I grab that man and I hug him and I hold him. And I tell him that wasn't God's will for your mom to die of this. This is a horribly wicked disease. But how great is our God. The loser doesn't sing how great they are. The winner does. Sing it with me. How great is my God. Make it personal. Sing with me how great. Make it personal. Is my God. And all will see how great. How great is my God. Now listen. If I'm singing about how great my God is, but I don't have a job, I don't have any money, I'm always sick, I'm always broke, I'm always in calamity, I'm always going from one fire to another. Are people going to follow that God? What God should we be showing them? The God of the Bible. The God, the Alpha and the Omega, the biggest, the baddest, the best. The one who loves us, the one who cares for us, the one who provides for us. How many of us could sing Amazing Grace? How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. That's the God that I sing about. We got to get down into the roots of what we really believe because you're going to be tested in that area. You're going to be tried in that area. Do you really believe that God is your source financially? then you'll tithe. Do you really believe that God is your healer? Then just before you pick up the Advil or call the doctor or go to WebMD, will you at least ask him first? Will you at least go to the word first for your healing? If he really is Lord in that area, will you, will you at least, how do I prove that? How do I say, how great is my God? Will I at least make him Lord over every area of my life? If I'm having issues in my marriage, will I at least go to God first before I go to my neighbor and talk about my spouse? If I really believe, if I really believe this, will I be willing to put the word first in every area of my life? Can we as a church, and I know there's just a few people here today, and I'm thankful that you're here. I never preach to the people that aren't here. I only preach to the people that are here. Amen? I'm preaching to you this morning. And you're listening. You're receiving this morning. There's, you, can you sense that? There's something different in here this morning. And it's not my cologne. It's not about numbers. Jesus did more with a few men by a sea than he ever did with 5,000. 
He fed the 5,000. He ministered to 12. It's not about numbers. It's about are we growing in our faith? Are we willing to do what He's asked us to do? Are we willing to finally put aside all of our excuses and stand up and be the man or woman that God has called us to be? Does anybody in the room have a promise from God that you're believing for? Stand up. Now, what we're saying is, is that God, you're not done with me yet. What we're saying this morning is, is that maybe I'm not what I want to be, but I'm sure not what I used to be. What I'm saying is, is that we're a people together that are growing up into the head, which is Jesus Christ, but we need His help and His grace to do it. So will you let me pray over you this morning? Father, in the name of Jesus. God, you're not the God of periods. You're the God of commas. I don't, I've never said that before in my life. But for some of you in this room, you've put a period at the end of the sentence, and God is saying it's not supposed to be a period, it's a comma, that I'm not done finishing my thought with that sentence in your life. But you have put a period there, thinking that for whatever reason, whatever limitation, your age, your gender, what people have said about you, that there's no way that God could ever do what He said He was going to do. And God says this morning that I'm not done with you, my children. You're, the last page of your story has not been written yet. It's up to you how the story ends. You have a choice. The heavens are mine, says the Lord, but the earth I gave to man. And it's up to you. It's up to you. Every day when you get up, when you start speaking, you are framing the world that you're going to live in, whether it's good or bad, blessing or cursing. God says in Deuteronomy, choose life. We have to make a choice. So I'm asking every person that's standing right now to make a choice to choose life. Quit speaking words of death. Quit taking ownership of diseases. It's not your COVID. It's not your kidney disease. It's not your this. Quit taking ownership of the curse. The blessing will not work in that arena. Begin to speak what you want and not what you have. Begin framing your world right here, right now, this church. We're about to take a step forward as a body. We are getting ready to take a step forward, and we're going to do it in faith. Now, Father, I plead the blood of Jesus over every person in the sound of my voice. And Father, I pray that your kingdom come and that your will would be done in each one of our lives. Lord, we're those that need healing right now in the name of Jesus. I speak healing in the name of Jesus over your bodies. Those watching at home, you're being strengthened right now in the name of Jesus. For those that need direction, Lord, I just speak direction right now. For those making decisions about careers and jobs, I speak the wisdom of God right now in the name of Jesus. 
Lord, for those that are making decisions even about this church, Lord, I just speak peace. Don't get moved out of your promised land. Let your roots drop and tap into a stream and a river that you know not of. In Jesus' name. You receive that? Now, just as an act of faith, I want you to take it. When I count to three, I want you to take an imaginary. I want you to take an actual physical step as your act of faith towards me. Not towards me, but just I want you to take a step forward. You're signifying that we're ready to move forward in faith. Amen? Now, don't do it unless you're ready. If you have a chair in front of you, don't hit the chair in front of you. Amen? But if you're ready, by faith, I want you to take a step forward. You're not joining a church. You're not joining a cult. You're not doing anything, but you are making a, 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 a declarance, a declaration in front of God and the devil that we're moving forward in this thing. We're not, we're not going to go back and pay for real estate twice. We are moving forward in Jesus' name. Are you ready? I want you to do it in faith. One, two, three. Take a step forward. There you go. Right there, right there, right there, right there, right there, right there, right there. Amen. Right there. Amen. Well, pastor, what happened? Nothing. You were obedient to a command in faith. And what you just did in the natural echoed about a million times in the spirit. By faith. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Got to absolutely zero notes today. That was all from the Spirit today. Not one bit of that was what we were going to talk about this morning. But we needed to talk about that today. Amen. I think... I think the worst thing we could ever do is just keep coming to church and not expect anything to happen. I think the worst thing that could happen is just to come to church. I mean, that's the definition of insanity is just doing something over and over and over and expecting a different result. If we're not coming here and if we're not expecting anything and if we're not looking for change, then why are we here? I could be at a nice breakfast somewhere. I could play golf with my dad. But we're here because we're here for a reason. We have to come to church believing God. Amen? Amen. We don't ever like to end a service without giving you an opportunity. If you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, if you're watching online, you're not joining a church, you're not joining a cult, you're not joining a club, you're being reconciled back to God. God loves you, and He wants you to be in his life, but he won't force himself and he won't make you. He gave you a will. And he says, if you'll come to me of your own free will, then I will open up and I will sup with them and I will eat with them. I will commune with you. God wants a relationship with you. And all you have to do is pray this prayer to begin the journey. Just say, dear Jesus, I love you. I want to know more about you. I want to know more about me. I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me of my sins, to fill me with your Holy Spirit, 
change my desires, heal my body, be my best friend in Jesus' name. That's it. We all prayed it. We all got here through that simple prayer of faith. If you prayed that prayer in faith and you really meant it, we would love to be a part of your discipleship. We teach here at West Houston. That's one of our strengths is we love to teach the word. We love to help disciple people. You give me six months, I'll change your life. You give God six months, change your life forever. But you got to give it to him. Anybody want weight loss? Anybody want to get in shape? If you went to your personal trainer, he'd say, give me six months and I'll change your life. If it works in the physical, how much more will it do in the spiritual? But it's about diet and exercise. Are you willing to cut off all the things of the world and just partake of the pure milk of the word? Are you ready to exercise your faith and actually do it? If you'll do those things, I guarantee you, you'll see a change. Amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you. Jesus is Lord.